0: The results are in. A four-day workweek? It works. A pilot study involving dozens of employers and thousands of employees in the UK suggests that working only four days instead of five is good for workers' well-being and doesn't hurt a company's bottom line. How does this sound to you? Too good to be true? We'll find out. You're listening to Business Extra coming from the Nationals newsroom in Abu Dhabi. I'm your host, Kelsey Warner, the Nationals' future editor. And today we're joined again by Charlotte Lockhart, founder and managing director of Four Day Week Global, an advocacy organization for a productivity-focused and reduced-hour workplace. Charlotte is a global leader and pioneer on this topic and led the pilot study I just referred to at the top. She's on the board of the Wellbeing Research Center at Oxford University and the advisory boards of the U.S. campaign and the Ireland campaign for the Four Day Week. She's the co-founder of Four Day Week Global with her partner, Andrew Barnes, They've conducted some of the largest ever four-day week trials in the U.K., U.S., Canada, South Africa, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand. So kind of all over the world with more than 250 companies with over 100,000 staff taking part or having taken part in these studies. And so, Charlotte, welcome back. You talked to us a little while back at the start of the U.K. pilot, and you're returning now to say that the results are in. Hi. Hi. Yes, it's very
1: exciting. Um, the The results are, um, are have been added to our the results that we had for our Irish and US data, and it's very exciting. the um, The news is good. The data set is growing, and more and more companies with different, from you know, different and more diverse industries. Uh, have been able to make a reduced hour work week, so it might not actually be a four-day week, but they've been able to reduce work time without reducing pay um, quite successfully.
0: So the pilot looks at a 32-hour week, right? Whether that's a four-day, however that's distributed, but it's a four-day week. And can you talk to us about who participated in the UK pilot? What was the pilot? How was it run?
1: So all sorts of different country companies from all over, including a fish and chip shop uh, from in, in the UK, um, companies in manufacturing and health, and um, you know this, the standard office ones as well, and retail. Uh, we currently have um, a regional government in the UK, um, the South Cambridgeshire uh, County Council, are currently on a, a pilot as well. So we're starting to see some of the public service. Um, or the civil service, depending on which country you're in, this how you call it. You're starting to see some of those government departments um, coming on board, and yeah, what we found was was that it, it is um, it is quite possible to to do this, and people do it in different ways. You're right; it's a 32 hour work week. Most companies take a four day week, but there'll be listeners out there going, I can't do that in my business, that would just never work. And so what we're talking about is how can you reduce work time in some meaningful way. And so we we have a principle called the 100-80-100 rule where pay stays 100%, work time goes down to to 80% and productivity is expected to stay at 100% or more. And actually, what most p- companies find is that when you focus in on your productivity, despite the fact you've reduced work time, actually, your productivity goes up. So looking at the data, I want to talk about
0: what you actually do look at. So how are you measuring productivity? What are you measuring in terms of worker? Are you, I think you look at burnout, you look at stress, you look at sick days, you look at a company's revenue. What are you finding when you look at these metrics?
1: How we measure productivity starts with the question in a business is what are you measuring now? And the reason for 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 focusing on what you measure now is is you you have historical data on that. So arguably you want to be continuing on measuring what you have historically measured, and that comes down to yes, it's revenue and profitability, um, but it's also staff turnover costs, um, sick day costs, um, and 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 some of those sort of there's metrics within uh, a business, you know, sick days. And in this particular pilot, absenteeism went down sixty five percent. Now the interesting thing about that statistic is it's um it's obviously a statistic that reflects that your people are uh, are healthier or are better or are because they're more rested they're not taking time off in the same way as they used to so so there's a a well-being outcome but actually there's an a, an economic cost to the business that is um improved because you're not having to provide Poor service because someone's away or extra cover that comes expensively uh, in extra way or creating more staff stress for those who are still on there at work in that way. So actually, there's a real economic benefit to lowering that um, your absentee figures. You you mentioned a chip,
0: chip shop. Which for an American that is such a foreign um, phrase for me. <laughs> a, a restaurant.
1: Uh, <laughs> you mentioned a, it's a it's a takeaway. A takeaway.
0: It's a, it's it's a it's a, a takeaway. All yeah, very exotic a, words. Um. So yeah. But ultimately, these are shift workers, right? So how does something like that? How do, how does something like this apply to shift work?
1: Yeah, so the interesting thing about shift work is that what you're doing, shift work organisations tend to find it easier to reduce work time because they already juggle shifts anyway. Psychologically, the people who struggle with it are the nine-to-fivers because they're so used to a very standard thing they always do, and their whole life is, um, you know, tempo is based around schlepping themselves to work at certain times of the day. But in, in different um, shift organizations run it in different ways. But what is at the heart is that when your staff are there, they are more productive. So they're making you more money. Now, so if you're in a situation where that means that you need to hire more staff, it doesn't matter because they're making you more money.
0: Because I've seen the criticism levy that effectively you're just giving your workers a 20% raise, right? If you're reducing their hours.
1: But you're not because it, it, that's, that's when, you, when you go down the rabbit hole of assuming that you're paying them for their time. Time is ethereal. It doesn't actually earn you anything. Them Dealing with your customers, um, serving your customer, making your widget, that's what makes you money. The productive outcome of their time is what makes you the money. So while you are effectively giving them a pay rise, they're not earning any more money, but they're still producing you the same amount of outcome. In fact, as I said, many organizations find that that um, their productivity goes up. Um, and so, therefore, why would you reduce pay if they're producing the same as what they were producing before? An emphasis on what they're actually
0: doing. Okay. So, looking at the outcomes of the pilot, what have companies told you? What, How are they moving forward? They, it was 60 companies participating for six months. Yep. Who's continuing? What was the feedback? So
1: 92% of them are continuing. The others we are working with, um, they, they, there are sometimes, the reason why, just sort of cover that off, why companies tend not to, to continue or don't get, you know, just start on a pilot but then, to, you know, decide not to, not to actually do it, is so, it's often timing within the business. Um, and so it can be that, that, that there's a a, a, a a new big customer or the loss of a big customer. And so the business needs to kind of reform itself first. We've got one of our German companies went through a process where, where they lost a big customer, so they had to reform their company. They didn't want to, they didn't want to lose their staff, but they had to pivot the way that, that company Operated first before they could, and they've now come back and and are joining the pilot again. The other thing that can happen also is there's a change of ownership or a change of leadership, and they don't support the idea. So they 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 go, no, we, we, we don't want to do this. So um and and as your listeners are probably um, you know can probably work out for themselves. Um, it's all about how agile the leadership can think. You know, who'd have thought a fish and chip shop, sorry, a takeout store could do um, could do this compared with, you know, someone sitting in an office? It's easy to see how someone can sit in an office. Who'd have thought that a, a, a care home could do it? Um, the person who thought that it could be done was the leader. The leader went, you know what, I reckon we can give this a go. Uh, I back my team to be able to make this work. And it's a very, I think I probably talked about this before. It's a very bottom-up process. What makes it successful is how much you let your people guide you and lead you to, um, to, to success. Because how you save on work time comes from your people. Parkinson's law says that work expands to the time that's made available. So when you reduce the amount of time, people find ways to do their work in, uh, in less time, but they do it from a place of safety. If you say to them, I want you to be more productive, and I'm bringing in these consultants, all they hear is you want me to do more with less and layoffs are on the way. But when you say, I want you to be more productive, I've got these, we're going to run this pilot with these crazy people called 4 Day Week Global, um, so that you can have more time at home, People go, okay, well, I I can work that out. uh, Yeah, let's find those ways of being more productive because I'm not going to lose my job and you're going to back me to do it. What have been the knock-on effects of, have you captured
0: any data on people being able to spend less time at work and what that actually
1: does mean for people's just livelihoods? Yeah, look, so, well, let's look at it with the cost of living crisis that we've got. Um, You've got parents who are able to look after their children themselves rather than having before or after school care. Makes a material difference to a family's budget, so that's huge. Um, not necessarily if if, you're the, if they're taking a whole day off, not necessarily having to go into the office. So therefore, there's a, a cost of not having to to go into the office. Uh, people tend to take up extra hobbies, which is which is great for you in terms of personality and things. And and like, lo and behold, there's a few more men that are doing a bit more around the house and looking after their children. And and the stories that I. I hear from from men who who come onto this are just so heartening that you know the father who spends the morning with his daughter and then takes her to school. Um, it, he's in New Zealand. He walks his daughter to school. Probably not a very Abu Dhabi thing to do. You can do if, it. About eight months of the year, you can do it. Yeah yeah that's true that's true and so you know so he so he has that very precious time with his daughter that he wouldn't have been able to be afforded um another you know and another one is a, is a grandfather who spends two afternoons a week with his granddaughter. you know so th- there are some really positive things that are coming out in in terms of how we um give ourselves some of those social things that that we want. Um, one of the things that, that, that uh, a lot of Americans say is oh people will just get themselves a side hustle and I kind of think, well, you know, yay, good, that, I think that's a great idea but but actually not many people seem seem to do that. but people t- tend to take their health more seriously, their fitness, um, all of those things that are quite good. And one of the statistics that I really like is the fact that fatigue and insomnia goes down and that's really you know it's a reflection of our lack of stress. Um, but you know, we're a better person at work if we can get the right amount of sleep, and we're not lying awake worrying. Um, and we're a better person at home. But also, there's a health statistic that comes out of that. We know that 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 um, that our, how long we will live and how healthy our life is is it, there's a direct correlation to the quality and quantity of our sleep. So it's quite material how some of this is pulling together and. Bringing some really interesting things that we can then extrapolate out to some much larger, you know, and more meaningful um, impacts.
0: And these larger conversations, it feels like, are really happening. The UAE last year announced a four and a half day working week for its public employees. You know, in states in the U.S., it's under discussion as a public policy for incentivizing reduced work hours. Elsewhere around the world, these are conversations happening at the policy level, and you actually have a seat at the table. Um, As I mentioned at the top, you work with US, Ireland uh, advocacy campaign groups to talk about this. What are the limitations? What are the reservations that you hear from policymakers? What are the questions they have about implementing this at an actual uh, public policy level?
1: Uh, In my view, this is how a a, a government should do it. Run a pilot program. Um, So we're currently running a pilot program for the Portuguese government so they can experiment with what reducing work time looks like for Portugal, um, and so we're, and we're working with the Maryland government, who are who are in conversations about you know trying to put something like this in place in New York State and Mark Ticano in California, and it, the, the before you start jumping into pushing for for too much legislative change, run a pilot and find out what works for you. Um, And then one of the things we also are working on uh, in terms of how we um, run our program and how we uh, move the the conversation forward is, of course, all of the companies that join pilot programs at the beginning are the early adopters. And so, therefore, they are, and and not not necessarily from industries that, you know, uh, yeah, I can see how you would make that work, but they've got leadership that can make it work or are prepared to give it a try. And so then what are the conversations that we need to have to get the next lot of leadership that kind of go, well, yeah, I can see how it's a good idea, but I just don't know how I'd ever do it in my business. So I'm not even sure I want to try. And so how do you get them? And so they're not not anti the idea. They just need more. They're a little grumpy about it. Well, they're just not sure. Yeah. They just, it's just, you know. So, so by bringing in the stories and bringing in the in the, the the bringing in the research, but then also bringing in the the the, the examples and the stories and aligning our um, pilot programs so that you can help those people on a journey and make it safe. What the Portuguese government are doing is they are actually paying for the pilot program for their people. I'm not sure that you really need to do that. In my view, that people don't value what they don't pay for. I'm I would be of my preference would be that you that as a business you pay for it, but then if you're still doing it in a year's time, you get a tax break of some sort. Um, and then what you want to do is then keep that pool of money to support the people who are in that next climate and you say to them, come along, give it a go, um, and we've got a pool of money. If it doesn't work, we've got a pool of money to help you um with the pr- the process of getting it so that it does work. And then and then then that way a government can learn, what works for their business, for their for their businesses, for their their public service, so that um, they can do it successfully and sustainably. So you de-risk the transition a little bit. You've got to
0: de-risk you, it. Yep, yeah, absolutely, and that Grease think, the rails. Yeah. So when the pilot study, when the results of the pilot study came out uh, last month, you got. You definitely, you certainly had your viral moment. There's been a lot of news coverage. When we published our story on the National, it was one of our top red stories of the day. There's so much public interest in the four day work week. What has actually surprised you, though, about the coverage? And what do you hope this does for the conversation? What's next in this public conversation?
1: I, look, what's next? It, it, continued um, continued progress for for us in in twenty twenty three. We've reformed our our pilot programs. We are we are um, taking on board partners so that we can get greater reach. We want to be we want to make it available in any our program available in any country around the world that wants to have a campaign to reduce work time by the end of the year. And so that's that's what that's what we're aiming for. So you know, so listeners out there in Abu Dhabi land, you know reducing work time is going to be in our future and it should be in our future. The amount that we are working, the way we overvalue work in our lives, has created an imbalance in the way that our society operates and we are perfectly able to have both. We can have successful businesses, productive businesses, and we can have successful and productive and healthy populations. We can have both and we should. As, um, As humans, we're always striving for the next generation to have better than we did. Uh, The 21st century has seen us uh, as parents just giving our children more. Let's go back to better. And what is better? More time. Charlotte Lockhart, thank you so much for being
0: with us. My pleasure. Thank you for
1: having me on again.
0: That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe wherever you listen. All that's left to do is thank our production team and you for listening.